Welcome to the Why It Works podcast. I'm Joe Kwan, your host. Together, we'll pull back the curtain to reveal the hidden principles behind why things work. Things work for a reason. Let's find out why. Audiobooks are my kryptonite, and today's podcast is brought to you by Audible, the Rolls Royce of audiobooks. Get a free audiobook and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash why it works. Here with us today is Larry Boyer, founder of Success Rockets. He is a leading authority on the technological and economic disruption of the fourth industrial revolution. Larry's diverse background as a physicist, economist, technologist, leader, and coach have provided him with a unique perspective on today's rapidly shifting business landscape. Larry is the author of The Robot in the Next Cubicle and a member of the prestigious Forbes Coaches Council. We speak to Larry from his home near the nation's capital, Washington, DC. Welcome, Larry, to the Why It Works podcast, and thank you for being here. My pleasure. I'm happy to be here. When we first met, you were in the midst of publishing your book on the Fourth Industrial Revolution. How has that experience evolved and developed since we last connected? Well, since we we last talked, it's actually gone through the the complete editing process, and I've just received the uh, advanced copy of it. Um, Reviews are starting to come in on on Amazon, and you can read those. And it's being released on on August 7th. Um, So we're we're just a a short time away from it going live for, for everybody to see. Wow, you must be excited. It is. It's very exciting. Um, you know, a lot of work thinking about, uh, about it, and I'm looking forward to seeing people's comments and feedback on it. Can't wait. Awesome. Let's get to know you a little better. Please tell us what you do, but tell us as if you were talking to a five-year-old. Sure. What I, I really enjoy doing is understanding how the world works. So much like somebody who, who, who's five-year-old, I'm always asking why. And, you know, whenever I see anything around and trying to understand what that is. And so uh, what I do is I I try to understand how we work together as people, how technology works, you know, and and how we work as individual people. And I like to bring all of that together, ultimately, just to help people be as successful as they can and and to be what it is that they, they want to be, which is not necessarily easy with everything that's happening in the world around us. Yeah, there's a lot more uh, or seemingly a lot more complexity uh, to deal with these days, for sure. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's a little bit like, um, you know, if life were like a rapids and you were going whitewater rafting, right? And you, you want to know how you're going to navigate the waters. You don't know exactly what's going up, but it does help to have some training and some knowledge before you go and, and jump into that. Absolutely. Well, I'm so happy you're here today. And let me tell you why. I'm pleased to report this is not our first collaboration together. Uh, When I decided a while ago to embark on some more collaborative writing, you were one of my first co-conspirators. And I I really enjoyed working with you on that article on the fourth industrial revolution, which is also the topic of your book. And I was really impressed by the breadth of your experience and knowledge. So I'm really excited to have the chance to collaborate with you again in a different format and on a different topic. 
Well, thank you. I, I'm very happy as well. I think you know you've been doing great with the uh, with the podcasts and the articles, and um, I'm honored to be selected again. Thank you, sir. What prompted you to pick personal branding, a topic I love discussing, by the way, as your topic for today? It's a, a combination of things. I think one, I think people don't have a, a true understanding about what personal branding really is about. Um, there's a, a very shallow understanding of, of it, and then people dismiss it as a result of that. And the second thing is, and it's again related to my book and the changes in, in technology that are happening, and personal branding is going to be increasingly important for people to be able to succeed as we, we move into the future. At its core, personal branding is really about understanding who we are as, as individuals and bringing that out to the best of our abilities. Um, and as machines learn more how to be more human, it's important for us not to try to be more like machines, but for us to try to be better versions of ourselves. And personal branding is, is what that's all about. Great, great. Yeah, I think definitely uh, it's important to keep that in mind in terms of uh, some of the sea changes that we're going through with technology and workforce of the future. It's definitely got to take that into context. Now, I remember being so excited when this trailer came out. Uh, let's take a look at it. Who are you? I'm no one. see Larry <laughs> you know the, the, the trailer um, you know for this Star Wars movie is just so powerful in so many ways for personal branding and it really starts out it's silent for a good long while and then it asks the ultimate personal branding question who are you <laughs> that's good well, who are you exactly and right it's asking that of somebody we know absolutely nothing about 
And then, you know, her, her response, I'm no one, you know, and then what you, you think about that, right? So what does that say about herself and what she, how she sees herself and, and how, how many of us feel that way, right? Like we're not important, we're not anything, you know, whether it's at work, at home, right? right? We just don't feel important or, or significant in any way, but that's not necessarily true. And as the mm-hmm. that movie evolves, you see that, that that's exactly not true, right? So mm-hmm. we know this person is not nobody, this person is, is critical. Yeah. Um, um, so, you know, and that's just with, with Ray, right? And then you go through the, the other characters that are, are being introduced here as well. And again, they're all struggling with the question of who am I and how am I bringing out myself into, into the world? You know, uh, you know, and that's, that's really the question in throughout the movie with all of the characters. Um, and, you know, without trying to spoil anything for anybody, if there's anybody who could be spoiled for it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Right. You know, even even characters like Han Solo defining who they're who they are and what their future is. Right. So even if we know everything about them, there's still something deeper that that's coming. And again, the, their interactions with everybody, you know, the, the environment around them, the other people is, is helping to reshape who they are and, and help crystallize um, who they are as a, a person. And we see that ev- evolution throughout the uh, throughout the movie. Well, one thing that I find uh, so interesting is that a lot of times people think of their brand or who they are in terms of just kind of their role or or what mm-hmm. they do. And if there's like a lot of other people who also do that, they feel like it's not that special and they don't have a distinctive brand. But it sounds like to me you're saying that's not the way to look at it. Exactly. That That's exactly not the way to look at it. In fact, that's exactly how it looks like to um, the, the machines, right? So if you think about yourself in that way that, you know, you're just this set of, of tasks that you can do. And if you can list them like that, there's no reason why a machine can't be developed to do that. And so to some extent, you are right. There's nothing special about that. So what we have to do is dig deeper into you to understand well, what is special about you, right? Because anybody can learn these things, you know, whether it's you're learning to drive a car, you're learning how to do statistics, you're learning accounting, um, whatever skills, right? Lots of people can do that. Machines can learn how to do that. They're increasingly going to learn how to do it, any of those things. So that leaves us wondering, you know, kind of, well, who, who am I in the absence of all of that? And then what value and what difference can I make in the, in the world? And that's really the, the question. So we have to dive deeper, you know, than we're, we're probably used to and, and maybe deeper than we're comfortable with to understand that, um, you know, who, who are we? What makes us special? Now, I have so many questions running through my head, but I think maybe some of that will come out in, uh, in the rest of our conversation. So I'm going to do what I'm usually not good at, hold my tongue, <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll check out our next clip. Now, I'm glad uh, bullet time as a cinema, cinema, c- cinematography thing is no longer a thing because for a while they were doing that, you know, in every single movie. But I have to admit, I was a huge fan of The Matrix when it first came out. Right. Uh, let's take a look.
What just happened, Larry? <laughs> you know, so so this one I think is is particularly interesting, right? So we've watched the Matrix movies. This is from the near near the end of the the third movie, uh, right? We've seen Neo struggle with understanding who he is for two and a half movies, and finally he understands who he is. And when he does, he is completely confident in in his abilities. And what we see here when the agents are shooting at him, uh, you know, not only is, is is it you know his own confidence in in his abilities, but he's in the zone, mm-hmm. right? And we always want to be in that place of, of peak performance and in the zone. Well, you can do that a whole lot easier if you understand exactly who you are, what your strengths are, and what you're capable of doing. And at, at this moment in the movie, it's the first time where we see you know he's completely accepted who that is for whatever reason that may have been, right? He was just resurrected just prior to this, right? So, you know, he's gotten a lot a lot more clarity, you know, so he's able to stop bullets in, in midair and merged with one of the agents and was able to come out being completely himself. You know, he, he didn't adapt the agent's personality at all, right? And so how often do we ourselves um, kind of morph into a different person uh, when we have different social interactions? Right. And so when you're, you're confident and you know your personal brand, right, you're maintaining a good, healthy boundary about who you are. Um, you're feeling confident about what you're doing, you know, and, and you're in the zone and you're in the a period of, of peak performance. And I, th- I think this scene with, with Neo really, you know, kind of illustrates that, that point. What I love about what you're saying here, Larry, and I haven't really heard anyone talk about this before this in this way or thought about it before myself in this way is kind of looking at the personal branding from the inside out. So it's not just that you're well-branded and people, you know, know who you are better or get who you are better. What I hear you saying is if you understand who you are better and your own personal brand beyond just other people getting it better, it's it's of a tremendous benefit to you because now you're in the right place and you're more effective and you're more confident versus if you're not sure what you're about, right? Those people who are like, oh, I'm not special. I'm not different than anyone else. Well, of course, you're not going to be as confident and effective if you haven't figured that out about yourself yet. That's exactly right. You know, it, it really is. The, the power of it is is personal branding is for you yourself and for you to be able to be as, as successful as, as possible. Um, you know, when you were talking, it made me think of a, just another point. And we don't always know that our, ourselves. Neo is a great example of this. Right, there were other people who believed in him and believed that he was the one long before he did. Right, and so one of the things that's important in helping us discover our personal brand is getting feedback from from other people because sometimes they see what's special in us when we we don't. You know, and it's important to get that that information and then incorporate it, and we can decide is is that true about me or not true about me if I didn't think about it. So getting feedback from others is an important part of that um, the personal branding process. And if I could add on to that, which I think is a is a really great point, the other half of that coin besides getting feedback from others is that kind of introspection to look within yourself to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I know that most people would probably rather, you know, slam their hand in a car door than spend too much time thinking about who they are, <laughs> what they're about or what their <laughs> values are, right? I mean, it's it, it can be a tremendously awkward, painful, uncomfortable, unpleasant experience. So generally... And I include myself in this cohort, you know, we are a group, we, we avoid that a lot. And instead we, we watch TV or we do something fun and we don't really 
tr- spend a tremendous amount of time looking into that. Right. And I, I think, you know, like, like with any learning process, often starts out un- uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Once you start getting into it, though, right, and if you're building up your confidence, you know, that'll all go away, um, right? So it's a little uncomfortable to start. But once you start doing it, you become increasingly comfortable doing it. Yeah, I think that's so important. Now, I never tire of this next movie. I'm pretty sure I used another clip from this in another episode, but (laughs) I will shamelessly go back to this movie as many times as I can. Sure. (laughs) And I... um, We need to talk about your flair. Really? I, I have 15 pieces on. I, uh, well, okay, 15 is the minimum, okay? Okay. Now, you know, it's up to you whether or not you want to just do the bare minimum or, uh, well, like Brian, for example, has 37 pieces of flair on today, okay? Mm. A terrific smile. Okay, so you, you want me to wear more? <laughs> Look, Joanna, yeah. people can get a cheeseburger anywhere, okay? They come to tchotchkes for the atmosphere and the attitude. Okay, that's what the flair is about. It's about fun. Yeah. Okay, so more than, yeah? <laughs> Look, we want you to express yourself, okay? Now, if you feel that the bare minimum is enough, then okay. But some people choose to wear more, and we encourage that, okay? You do want to express yourself, don't you? Y- yeah. Okay, great, great. That's all I have. Um, yeah. What do you think, Larry? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know it's a, it brings together, uh, I think, a, a couple of great um, concepts here, right? So first of all, just the whole point of the flair, right? That's the outward expression of your, your brand, right? And what he's, you know, what, what the manager's trying to do is, is get her to come out and express who she, who she is, right? And she's not really thinking too much about that. She's obviously uncomfortable with trying to decide what, who, who she is. You know, what does that have to do with the flair? You know, and she's trying to and struggling to find her, her way with that. And she's looking for somebody else to tell her what to do. Um, right. And a lot of times that's what we are, are looking for. Well, tell me what I need to do to get a job. Tell me what I need to do to have a better looking resume. Tell me what I need to do for this. And, you know, and to some extent, you know, a little bit of advice is good. But again, it comes back to knowing who you are and, and feeling confident and in, in portraying yourself in whatever role or position you're in. In this case, you know, as a waitress, right? So how is she going to find her own way to be really successful and to really connect with the people and the customers who, who she's serving? You know, and, and is it with a smaller number of uh, the bling or is it with a, a larger amount? Um, how does she bring her personality out? Right? And we see a little clip of, of somebody else who's you know, really engaging with the, the customers. It's just for a second as a, a bit of contrast to where, where she's at. Um, right, so she's in the earlier process of discovering who she is in this context. Yeah, one interesting point in what you said to me is, um, you know, really good coaches, mentors, teachers, they kind of understand when you need to be told something explicitly versus when it's better to let you figure it out or there is no answer, like you actually have to make up the answer for yourself, right? And then, right. you know, for less experienced teachers, sometimes it's not clear, like, well, you kind of want to tell them something, but should you do it because that's not going to be helpful for them? Or should you not say anything, but now they're just going to get too frustrated because they can't, it's, it's, it's crazy. But I, I think even with personal branding, you know, 
like you said, she, she kind of wants you to just tell her what to do. I think that's clearly one of the instances where that's not the right approach. You know, she really does have to, no one, no one can tell her what her brand is. She has to figure that out herself. Right. And, and the manager is, is struggling with the coaching process because he's also clearly wanting her to express herself, but he also, you know, is struggling not to say, well, you're not really expressing yourself and you need to do something more. So he's, he's painfully trying not to say that. Uh-huh. And I think a lot of, of managers are in that way um, as well. They don't quite know what to say or not to say. And so in some ways they come across as being disapproving, but not being helpful. You know, a lot of times managers will, who are struggling in the situation might be saying things like this one did, where the message they're giving is that you're not good enough at, at this and you have to come up with it, but they're not actually offering any kind of help to help you get there. Oh. And that's where she's at, right? So she's trying to figure out who she is a little bit. She's heard that she needs to figure out who she is. Uh, the manager's obviously kind of disapproving of, of where she's at, but she's got no idea what to do other than the very surface level thing of putting on more buttons, which is not exactly the right answer, right? not exactly what he's, he's looking for. Right, right. So there's left to your own advices, there's guidance, and there's you know figuring things out on your own. Totally. Okay, right. great. So there's separate levels here that you can play around with. Great. I'll bet you a substantial amount of money that if you know an investment an, uh, an investment banker about my age, they have this speech memorized. <laughs> the new law of evolution in corporate America seems to be survival of the unfittest. Well, in my book, you either do it right or you get eliminated. In the last seven deals that I've been involved with, there were 2.5 million stockholders who have made a pre-tax profit of $12 billion. Thank you. I am not a destroyer of companies. I am a liberator of them. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. Greed clarifies, cuts through, and captures the essence of the evolutionary spirit. Greed in all of its forms. Greed for life, for money, for love, knowledge, has marked the upward surge of mankind. And greed, you mark my words, will not only save Teldar paper, but that other malfunctioning corporation called the USA. Thank you very much. So, Larry, what is going on here? <laughs> yeah, so, so many things here uh, as well. So I think, you know, first of all, how many people, you know, can get up and say, I think greed is good, right? So what we're... <laughs> What we're seeing here is, is somebody who is, again, very confident in who he is and his view. And then what he does very powerfully is goes on to explain it, right? So it's not just greed about money, right? He goes on and says, you know, it's greed about life. It's greed about knowledge, right? We all want these things and we want as much of it as we possibly can, right? And who's going to argue with you about that as opposed to just greed in a, a money context, right? So he's explaining very clearly 
what he means by by that with with the greed. Um, the other thing is, is he gets very clear on on defining things, right? He says about who he is. He says, you know, I am not a destroyer of companies, right? So pe- that that's the image people have of him. So he's acknowledging that. And he says, that's not what I am. I'm a liberator of companies, right? So again, he's taking charge of his brand and who he is and saying, this is what it is. Okay, I'm a liberator of companies. I believe greed is good because greed is what brings us life. Okay, and, and we all want more of, of that, right? So what you're thinking is wrong, and let me set you straight on what I'm thinking about, and you can come along with me, um, right? And so he's bringing an entire room, feel a room full of people through with him with a, a vision and a definition of, of what greed is and how he's doing it through um, the, the actions that he takes with the companies and the benefit that it's providing to people. I think you've touched on a really amazing point here, which is effective branding or rebranding of your image, right? Because mm-hmm. I assume like 80 to 90% of that room is hostile. I mean, I don't remember the movie frame for frame, but right. people are like, who is this robber baron coming in and destroying our lives, right? And maybe even some of the shareholders who stand to make money are also kind of like suspicious of this guy. And he comes in and he, he acknowledges, he knows that this is what everyone thinks. He's been doing this for a long time. And he just totally changes their perception and, and rebrands his brand with, with this very effective speech, which investment bankers have committed to memory <laughs> for generations since this movie came out. I mean, talk to us a little bit about how um, you're kind of a... Uh, experience about how rebranding works and, and how that can be very uh, effective. You're not always just stuck with the brand that you have, right? Oh, I, I, absolutely. And I think, you know, here's the thing, you know, you can look at brands from um, several different lenses. And I think, you know, you made a good point here at what your brand is, is what other people think of you in essence, right? And so other people are, have these thoughts about him and, and you know, they, they think he's a destroyer of companies. And when you destroy companies, people lose their jobs and their livelihoods, right? You're a terrible person, right? And so, but he's also very clear on who he is and what he wants his, his brand to be. So the first thing he does is he acknowledges what other people are, are saying or thinking about him. And then he says, this is not who I am. Let me tell you how you can look at the exact same set of facts and look at them in a, a different way on how this can be a positive thing. And then it energizes the entire room because they, they see that and they also understand that they want those same things themselves. Yeah, it's a beautiful example of, uh, you know, what in corporate training they might call verbal judo or verbal Aikido. You know, he acknowledges it and then he kind of uses that to flip things around to a better position for himself. Yeah, well, you know, that's a good point. You know, and part of why branding gets a, a bad name, right? So there's a difference between being authentic about it as opposed to being inauthentic and using tricks, right? Um, which a lot of times marketing does, right? And they're like, well, how can I, uh, rather than genuinely show the the value of my product, how can I trick you into buying it and mm-hmm. instead? Personal branding to be effective um, is about being authentic and you can do a whole lot more and be a whole lot more effective if it comes from a place of authenticity about who you are. Yeah, it's interesting. I had a similar discussion on sales, right? If you authentically believe in what you're selling and the value it brings to your customers, then that's a much better position to be in than to try to use different psychological tactics to get people to say yes and and agree to buy whatever product or service you're selling. 
Right. You know, because people sense that even subconsciously, you know, whether you believe believe in something or, or not. Right. And so, again, you know, if you've developed your personal brand in a deep way, you believe in it. Uh, right. You believe in yourself because that's who you are at your, your core. Yeah. One last thing I want to pull out of what you were talking about, which I which I really thought was great, is that, you know, you said that your brand is based on other people's perception of you right? It's, it's not what you think of yourself. It's mm-hmm. contingent in a large part about what other people think about you. So I could think that I'm like the nicest, sweetest guy, but if I go around yelling at people and I don't realize that and everyone thinks I'm a jerk, well, my brand is a jerk. It doesn't matter what I believe <laughs> about myself. Um, but what I really love about this discussion that it's kind of bringing out for me is when you have everything lined up, when, when you know who you are, you behave in a way that projects who you authentically are, and then people see that, that's very powerful to have all those things kind of lined up and, and, and firing pistons at, at the same time, so to speak. Oh, exactly, right? You know who you are. Everybody else knows who you are. They know what to come to you for. They know what not to come to you for. Um, you know, it's, it's very efficient. It's very effective. It gets results. Great. Now, the fight game has always been an area where brand matters a lot. Let's take a look at two very different brands from uh, two mixed martial arts opponents. Hey, Connor, Nate, it's Jane Wells with CNBC. How are you? Very good. How are you? I'm going to talk about money because we are the business network and the, the business of the USC and all, all that I'll take sort of over stuff. from here, Nate. You can bounce. <laughs> Take take a coffee break, Nate. And by coffee break, I mean bring no. me my coffee. No. They want you to give us a quick count to ten, both of you gentlemen, if you don't mind, just if you wouldn't mind counting to ten. Nate can only count to five. <laughs> ten. Oh. Count to five, Nate, will you, if you can? You can't. You put that coffee. Counting. How about and that? who do you put that coffee? So we're going to talk about money and business. Connor, let me ask you first. There's word that you could make $10 million on this thing. Uh, is that accurate? On this fight? Yep. I'm going to breeze past the $10 yep. million mark. Breeze past it. How much are you going to make? A hell of a lot more. Uh, Nate, how much are you going to make? I make a lot. A lot more than everybody else. <laughs> yeah, a lot more than his last one, that is. He can thank me for that one. I've made more millionaires in this game than anybody else. Uh, Nate, how much of the, of the purse you're going to take home do you owe to Conor McGregor? I don't know him. Anything, o- anything over 40 grand he owes me because that was his last paycheck. I wiped my with that money. I tipped that money. I was going to get it regardless sooner or later. It was coming with or without you. And then the God came and blessed you with it. Yeah, right. Now about that. Larry, what are your observations? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So again, what we see here is a lot of again, d- different personalities coming through. You know, with the the, the level of, of confidence and, and confidence in, in different ways, right? So, um, you know, we've got one who who's very outgoing and, and more on on the offensive. Um, you know, and that's his his style. The other who, um, again, it's hard to say whether he's he's confident or and and just comfortable, just taking whatever's coming his his own way. Or, you know, he's just not speaking up, you know, because the other is intimidating. So it's much more clear when you have that strong outward brand where, where your position is. When you're not, um, you know, communicating that outwardly, 
uh, very effectively. That leaves a lot of room for the interpretation of the audience to say, okay, well, is this guy just so confident that he doesn't have to respond to this? Or is he weak um, because he can't fight back? Um, it becomes less clear, you know, you know, who are you? So it does, I think, drive home the point that in order to effectively get your brand out there, you have to be communicating and communicating in, in different ways, communicating in ways that the people who you want to hear you can hear you. Um, I think, you know, so for people who are listening to this, right, I mean, a great example here is, you know, well, you're communicating value through developing podcasts, through writing, uh, you know, whether you're giving presentations somewhere, right? Everything that you do and say is, is communicating things to everybody else who sees you. And so uh, it's important to give thought about, well, what is it that you want to be communicating to everybody mm-hmm. um, and to be consistent about that um, and to be consistent, you know, everywhere you, you do that, because that's what people see and that's what people are going to think about you. I love the point you made, Larry, about how these two gentlemen have totally different brands on polar ends. But one of them lends more ambiguity to his brand Mm -hmm. because it's a more subtle brand, so to speak. Whereas the other guy, you have no doubt what he's about. It's extremely clear that you're going to get this guy every time you see him. He's extremely consistent across interviews in the ring, outside of the ring. He's brash. He talks trash, you know, Muhammad Ali style, you know, that that sort of thing. Whereas the other guy, like you were saying, yeah, you know, some people maybe who don't follow the fight game or don't know him personally will be like, yeah, why, why is he quiet? Why is he not retaliating? They don't, they're not necessarily going to get from what he's projecting whether it's a quiet reserve of inner strength or whether it's fear or something totally different that we can't anticipate. Right. And, and that will say a lot about our, ourselves and how we relate uh, to people, right? So whether you think uh, you know, he's got a quiet strength or whether you think he's weak, for example, anybody who's watching this should think about what that says about you know, them, themselves, because you know, that's the part that you're relating to. Ah, very good. Who, do you, who would you guess won that fight? Oh, um, uh, I'm going to assume the uh, the outspoken guy. No, you're incorrect. <laughs> it was one of it was one of his few losses, and the outspoken uh-huh. guy, his name is Conor McGregor. He's probably yep, yep. made as much or more um, than any other MMA fighter, and you know he's he's talented, and he certainly won lots of great matches, and has a great record, and deserves certainly to become a champion to get championship matches. But I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say a lot of it is because he's just so great at promoting himself and people want to see him either to see him win or to see him lose, but people want to see him so they can sell more tickets. So he gets more money and he gets better matches. You know, he's not any better of a fighter. I don't think than the other guy, the other guy obviously beat him. But if you take a look at their paydays, you know, 40,000, or I forget what he said, 32,000, 40,000 versus 10 million. I mean, how much of that is attributed to the marketing and the branding and, you know, the demand versus actual skill in fighting? Yeah. And I think that's an important point to, to make, right? You know, when you're branded well, right, there's actual dollar values associated with, with that. And it, it doesn't matter whether it's sports or, or acting or, or business. Um, there's a, a bigger payday for people who, who are well-branded. Absolutely. Great point, Larry. Let's take a look at our last clip. It's a powerful brand that has certainly had substantial staying power over the years. 
Does everybody have a box? Yeah! All right. Our top moment channels every quality that made Oprah one of the biggest attractions in television and a cultural icon. Someone in this audience still has the chance to go home with a brand new fully loaded Pontiac G6. In this one moment, she is exciting, inspiring, and passionate. She also pulls viewers in and tugs on their heartstrings. In 2004, surprising viewers, Oprah gave every member of her studio audience a free, brand new 2005 Pontiac G6 midsize sports sedan. These weren't ordinary audience members. As through a pre-selection process, secretive entries submitted by friends made the case for a person to be selected by Oprah. All desperately in need of a new car, it was an incredible moment that highlighted Oprah's ability to change a person's life. What just happened, Larry, and why does it matter? <laughs> you know, I think, you know, and they, they said this in the, in, in the clip, right? It, it highlights Oprah's ability to change people's lives, right? And that's what, you know, a lot of her show is about, a lot of her, her connecting, and, and what a better way to, to do this, right? And it wasn't just um, random people, like I said, right? This was people who were selected because they actually had a, a, a genuine need, um, right? So she went out and, and, and helped these people. Now, whether you think it's a, a gimmick or not, you know, because she's got the money to do something like that, you know, it's still, again, consistent with everything that she does, right? She's been doing this for years. So it's, you know, it's not like, you know, she's been out, you know, taking things from people, um, you know, like on a lot of other reality shows where we like to look and see voyeuristically into the troubles of people's lives, right? She's always there coming from a more heart-oriented place to to help people. And so it's believable and and it's genuine, right? And so Again, that's the power of this sort of brand. And then that's why we see, you know, people saying, well, maybe she should run for president now, right? Because again, she's got this brand of, of helping people and, and people are looking for, for help and they want guidance. And, um, you know, and she's somebody who, who does that and inspires that in others. Yeah, what I find so interesting about Oprah's example is, you know, you, you, you probably know this and a lot of our audience members know this. She started out not doing what she does now, but more of a news reporter, broadcaster kind of thing. And you can imagine maybe that didn't truly align with what her brand is. And if she had been more successful or stayed there, probably she wouldn't have had as much impact and success as she has doing what she does now. Oh, exactly. And, and, you know, and part of it is, is again, her connecting with her inner self, becoming more vulnerable um, with herself first, and then, you know, outwardly. Uh, to allow that, right? Because again, it's, it's she's sharing more of a, a heartfelt space with people, and, and people are are connecting to that, uh, right? And that that requires some vulnerability. Now, I know you're not a psychologist, but curious to get your thoughts because I do agree with you on that vulnerability point wholeheartedly. What is it about vulnerability, whether you're speaking in front of someone or you're working with someone, that really pulls people in and creates connection and trust. What's your view on that? When you're vulnerable, I think, you know, that gives other people permission to let their wall down and they can be a little bit more vulnerable themselves. Right. And it's, um, you know, even if you see like in, in wars or something, right, you know, you put, you put your shields down and somebody else will put their shields down and then you can actually make a, a more meaningful connection. But as long as you've got your shields up, I've got my shields up that you know, it's, it's all about the headspace and, and negotiating, you know, from logic rather than a, a more human to human 
connection, which I guess, you know, to circle around, around to the robots thing is what's going to help keep us relevant as more and more things get automated, right? That heart space, the emotional connections that we, we create with each other because the robots can do the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, and to your um, letting the shields down point, I, I love that metaphor, by the way. Someone's got to go first, right? Exactly, and, and, and that's what leadership is about. Um, you know, is is being the the first one. I think um, I, I've been lucky to see some some good examples of, of that. You know, I used to work at at Freddie Mac, and I remember um, you know some years back, our chief financial officer actually killed himself. Oh, jeez. Um, and you know, it was on the on the news in the morning. Everybody heard about it on the way on the way into the the office, and. Um, and our, our CEO at the, the time just held a, a meeting, an impromptu meeting that morning with the entire staff. You had everybody just come into a, you know, the big foyer out in the in the front, and you know he let himself be open and, and vulnerable about the impact of what this was having on, on him, and mm. you know giving everybody else permission to go and feel whatever impacts that they were having. You know, forgetting about the the work, right? It was just you know this is a, a human moment. And a human moment for for everyone, that was very powerful. Wow, that's amazing, Larry. It's been a real treat to talk to you and learn from you about personal branding. Is there anything you're working on that you'd like to share, or contact information our audience can use to learn more about you? Sure. So you can always connect with me on on LinkedIn. Um, I, I've got there. Um, I've got my website. It's at successrockets.com. Um, but I'm also working on it's not out there quite yet calling it the uh, future proofing academy uh, so that people can again learn some of the skills that they need to to uh to help future proof themselves and, and adapt um, and again a lot of it comes back to you know bringing out your personality and what and discovering what makes you special um in addition to you know the, the actual skills that go along with that so uh, a lot going on i've got the, the book which is available anywhere where you want to buy books um, that's the robot in the next cubicle, how to, or what you need to know to adapt and succeed in the automation age. I've got a lot going on, it's, uh, but it's all fun and interesting. Great. I will share all that information in the show notes on uh, the podcast page when I post it. And offline, I definitely want to hear more from you about Future Proofing Academy. I think that's an amazing idea. So would love to hear more about that. Thank you, Larry, for sharing your insights on why it works. Thank you very much. Like the Super Bowl in commercials, a great book to go with this podcast is Contagious, Why Things Catch On by Jonah Berger. To receive a free copy of Contagious or another audiobook of your choice, just go to audibletrial.com slash whyitworks. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash whyitworks for your free audiobook. To support our show, please leave a rating or comment or become a sponsor of Why It Works by going to www.patreon.com slash whyitworks. That's www.patreon.com slash whyitworks. Thank you. And remember, the enemy of learning is boring. Thanks for listening to this episode of Why It Works. For more information about Joquan Joe Coaching, as well as access to my articles, videos, and podcasts, visit joquanjo.com. 
and stay tuned for our next Why It Works adventure.